0: Ott van még Nikolic, Nígó felé, Négó helyzetben, gól, gól, Nígó kiegyenlít.
1: Brávó, Lali, brávó, Lali Kám, Lajos, szép gól volt. Sallai, azon mellett még el tudjuk hozni, sőt, Szoboszlai kap labdát. Szoboszlai, előtte Nikolic bent, középült, Könyves, Szoboszlai, Könyves szép helyet csinált neki, Szoboszlai lő, gól. Go!
0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night depending where on the world you are listening to this podcast. It is the Hungarian Football Podcast and just like it's Easter and it's all about big returns, but it's us again. It's June last year that we last recorded one of these and we are back again because blatantly guys 4-0 against England was the last podcast that we um we did and you've got to go out on a high haven't you but you know that these guys are back and they're back with a bang and so is Tom Mortimer. Tom welcome back to the pod. I just
1: hope that people listening have about a half as much enthusiasm and excitement in their minds as you do have it have in your voice because
0: yeah it's great I love it. In, and, in, yeah it's good to be back it is good to be back in my head the build-up and everything like that is is literally amazing it's like the start of a formula one race but then it's like as the words come out it's like a skoda in first gear one <laughs> motorway out of budapest but here
1: we are to be um, fair that could be just like an f1 race in general as well like it's lights out go 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 and that first few corners is really good and then the rest of it just turns into shit and that maybe could be the podcast today the first few moments could be really good and then we could just descend into terribleness
0: do you know what to as i was list, like listening earlier i wasn't listening to anything i was honestly i was listening to the hungarian football podcast but i was looking at when we last recorded obviously to know it was back in june and some of the other episodes i saw on there i'm like i can't believe we've had gabor kirai on here the kid <laughs> has been on this podcast We've had one of the top MLS managers, Peter Vermesh, on this podcast. We've had countless amazing people on this podcast. And we're going to add another one right now. It is the all-new editor of HungarianFootball.com, Mr. Kevin McCluskey.
2: (laughs) Thanks for having me on, Gabby. and uh, That's a... That's an introduction I'll never be able to live up to now, so you might as well just turn off or get me off the show.
0: Excellent. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you in another six months for another episode. (laughs) Um, Kev, it's excellent to have you here. So a bit of background. Kev has been around the Hungarian football scene for many, 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 many years. He's a mm-hmm. Vosshos season ticket holder. We won't hold that against him at all. But that's the kind of level of his knowledge. Is you know we're, no, he's he's a NB1 regular, um, Hungarian national team regular. He is in every press box that he can blag his way into. I can assure you that. Um, Kev, firstly, with um, you taking over the realm of Hungarianfootball.com editor, what can we expect to see going forward from you?
2: Uh, you can probably expect to see lots of content on Adam Balaiti. That's that's <laughs> going to be the staple content, I think. Um, anything over and above that, it's going to just be play it by ear, really. <laughs> but hopefully we'll get you back writing, Gabby. That's that's going to be my number one target.
0: As, as soon as the Hungarian national team don't need me anymore for motivational speeches, I will <laughs> promise you I will write an, uh, a am um, an article for you on what i don't know um but we'll, we'll definitely do that and i think tom tom could be um tempted to i tell you what tom i will if you will how about that
2: no there's an offer you can't refuse <laughs> and you're both out of retirement
0: i was
1: watching the godfather yesterday actually to be fair and <laughs> i didn't realize you were that type of character to be honest kev i didn't realize you acted that way with a gun to my head
2: and <laughs> um, you wake up tomorrow morning with a horse's head in your bed you'll soon realize that uh, oh man <laughs> that is the cut of my jib <laughs>
1: man you can
0: you can take a man out of glasgow eh <laughs> <laughs> so guys what we are going to get into tonight is obviously the return of the hungarian national team um last seen like i say june last year um we've just had a friendly against Estonia and then a qualifier for the European Championships against Bulgaria. Um, first up Tom when the squad came out for the um, announcement of the Estonia friendly not much of a shock in the way of players that were called up but when we um, it's, it's kind of a tough one isn't it because you want to try and give other people a chance and stuff like that. But with the team not being together for so long, you've obviously got to look forward to the Bulgaria game. So do you think he played it right with the um, with the team that went out for Estonia?
1: Yeah, probably. It was good to see Colmar back, obviously, um, who's been out for so long with his really bad injury, but he's come back into form immediately at dots. And it was great, yeah, it's great to see him back in the squads. Um it was interesting Obviously, without Peter Gulacsi, there was a couple of spaces that opened up in 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 goal, um, and Demian I guess deserves it. Um, really, obviously, bright uh, hope for Hungarian football in 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 goals. Obviously, played for the 21s and and, and all the younger age groups, and then Hegyi as well, who's been on the bench a few times at West Ham this season. I mean, he's third or fourth choice there, and um, Fabiansky's been out injured, and and. Heggie's been on the bench with another keeper I think almost every time so he was, he was never going to be the keeper to come on for West Ham but um, yeah that's an interesting one I think that was that yeah took me by surprise a little bit because he's not ever played a senior game so um, to put him in the squad I guess just if you're a third keeper you kind of just be around uh, the camp and, and get used to it and yeah hopefully inspire him a little bit um, Balog is been in and out of the team at Palmer this season it's good to see him back in the squad he's been in a couple of times i think i um i think i think this is maybe his second or third call up um and then barnum bush varga as well who's been killing it like basically every striker whoever goes to potch um like i don't know what the hell do they do at that club because obviously Mm. they lost their manager who was kind of the guy who was just making Janos Hahn, Martin Adam, Daniel Burda, etc, 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 um just be ath- absolutely le- lethal weapons, and then somehow he just makes Barnabas Varga exactly that, like, Potcher, well, no, he didn't, sorry, he's left, obviously, and then Potcher's still being able to do it with the strikers, so, yeah, I guess that was kind of fair enough, score 17 goals in NB1. I think that's fair enough to be called up to the squad. So I don't think there was any too many surprises. i like you say, I guess it's you can't call up too many wild cards because we did have a very important game in the second one.
0: Mm, and to me, it's typical Rossi. Rossi's never, ever, ever been afraid to, to call up players that are kind of left field and a little bit out there. And everyone's like, why are they calling him up? But uh, he's not proved wrong yet kevin is he? he's brave with his decisions and and they've worked out
2: yes it's one of the things uh you've got to can kind of appreciate about rossi and the way that he's going about things he picks a squad that's got a core of players that you can trust it's going to go out there and do the job nine times out of ten and then he's shown a willingness to bring players in every now and again like the boys um tom mentioned the heggie and balog are can on the fringes of things with the club team as well, but lots of talent. So you'll just bring them in and get them around the scene for a bit, get them used to kind of the expectation levels, I suppose, for the they're, they're going to need to live up to when they build into the break into the team. But um, I Varga for me that was a that was an inspired call up. I've been singing his praises for the last eighteen months or so, I think, because um even. When he was at Germot, he was top goal scorer there, two seasons in a row. I think he top goal scored for them in NB1 last season. He's picked on again this season. He's a tremendous player, and it's so disappointing that he's 29 now. Because if he was a couple of years younger, you'd I'd expect him to kind of lead the line. He could replace Salah. Adam has been the kind of the focal point of the attack, but he's a, he's a great option to have. And again, yeah, well done to Rossi for having the guts to bring him up because at that age some other managers might not have done so
0: yeah it seems as well kev it's it's more of a how are you gonna fit into what we do as hungry rather than what you do at club level which again um Martin, Adam, has as, as proved. We, we had a massive, massive gap to fill, which I, I genuinely thought we would have to change the way we play. This is it for us now. The good times are over. We're going to have to adapt to the younger forwards we've got, etc. But but we've put Adam in to, to fill that role of, of Salai, and it, it's clicking. It, it's absolutely working.
2: Yeah. And Salai, excellent Um, Martin, Adam. Apologies, my head was all over the place there. Uh, uh, he just had a battering ram of a centre-forward. And he does that kind of classic number nine role that suits the way that Hungary want to play, I think. Puts himself about, makes it difficult for the defenders up there. You know, I had my doubts, really, as to whether he would cut it at a national level. But so far, he's taken to it. And I think you're probably spot on. It's like you say, he's um, he's come in with a specific role to do in the team. And he just goes out and does what he's told by Rossi, and he fits the fits the plan perfectly. Um, yeah, and he's he's another one that you know just gives you a really different option up front by not being the typical modern centre forward.
0: Yeah, is it is? It, I feel like with with Salah and the way Martin Adam is, that we potentially have two of the best players in Europe there that that play that position as your classic mm. number nine that are not necessarily goal scorers, but are just an absolute menace, which enables us to play the way we do and bring the other players into play. Our attacking midfielders are absolutely insane. Our wingers, it's everything. It's like, if you focus on this guy, you're finished, absolutely finished. But yet, you really need to because he's going to, Knock you all over the park, and, and defenders are going to know that you're there. So I think it's it is the per- perfect fit. And you know, I, I go all the way back to when Rossi first, you know, won the league in Honved. Famous, I say all the all the time. We are Honved winning the league with the worst team in in NB one history. I think to have ever won the league, but they played the Rossi way. Everything fitted. Everything worked. Everyone done what Rossi said. Won games, One nil. It wasn't spectacular. It's literally like looking at Hungary as we have now as a national team was exactly what he did at at, at club level. Um, He's just he's just an absolute master at it. Um, And now we're seeing the, the benefits of these players coming on now through Rossi is just phenomenal. Boller, we were talking about as a uh, a kind of breakthrough player who we firmly believed would probably, you know, he's doing well at grasshoppers on loan from Wolves. Um, Let's see what he can do. In in the last two games alone that we've seen, I genuinely believe, I don't know about you guys, that this guy could go back to Wolves and fit in and do a job in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. Um, I think he just needs to be given the chance, really. Like Wolves have... Persisted with Sameto a lot over the past couple of years ahead of Bola, and, and Somedo is just nothing. Like he, I, he's one of the least Barcelona type players I've ever seen. I can't believe he even was signed by them. He even played for them quite a bit, and to see kind of Bola, I don't think Bola is the finished article by any means. But he's pretty young, um, but he has so much to his game in defense and attack. I think he's like probably like a six and a half, seven at both of them, but that is a huge upgrade on Nelson Sameda, who is, he would maybe say like five, four or five in those positions. And and obviously like there's a difference in levels. Like Samedo is is the first uh, has has been the first choice for Wolves over the past couple of years in the Premier League, whereas obviously Bolo is, is doing it in a significantly worse league in the Swiss league. But I think I think he's got to be given a chance next year. Really, you see. his performances on the international stage and you see his I guess he's been a little bit more inconsistent this year but he's still yeah like I say really young and still got so much potential that I think I think he has to be given the chance I think also if he doesn't get given a chance this season and and it's another loan move that Wolves want to to give him I, I I would if I was him I'd be wanting to probably leave permanently and find a place where some team is going to invest in me as as a as a player for the future because it's it's all right going out on loan, but you're not really fully bought into by the club when you're out on loan. Like if if there's a guy who's kind of similar to your level uh, at the club, the the club are going to choose him over over a loan signing, and, and obviously you're only there for a year. And whereas if you're a if you're a transfer or you're actually on the on the books fully, like they're going to put more effort into you for the long term really so I think that that's always kind of the problem when team, players go out on loan I, I looked look to our youngsters like Schaefer and um and, and players who kind of got a year here and there and and it's that's that problem always happens like towards the end of the season like teams just go okay well you've done all right this season but we're going to try out our younger players here because they're going to be the ones here next season whereas you yeah, you're in, you're going back to your parent club. Whereas, yeah, if you if you're fully committed, then a club is, can properly invest in you.
0: Mm. I agree completely. I think the, the best thing, best scenario would probably be Wolves getting relegated, so that the mm. bigger name players will all, all you know end up leaving. They're not going to be on those massive wages in the Championship, having to take wage cuts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think. what a grounding that would be because that is an absolutely insanely tough league and you know at at the end of that they'd have a a well-rounded player I'm sure but like you say it's you know unfortunately the reality of of this kind of stuff is is that you know he he could probably end up in the Bundesliga or Eredivisie or, or whatever it might be but then great for us as well because as as you know history has proved these are great leagues for developing hungarian players bizarrely enough better than our own country so yeah we we'd like to see um see what happens there um obviously we had a very bizarre moment must mention that we did we did beat estonia it was very very comfortable it was very very much like a a, a training game um but we saw a bizarre moment kev um uh, the, the penalty where scissors, paper, stones was used to decide he was going to take it between Shalai and uh, Um mm-hmm. Rossi was really upset about that, how unpro- unprofessional it was and everything like that. What were your thoughts on it when you saw it at the time?
2: Well, um, I'd actually seen this in a, in a Scottish game maybe two or three weeks before. I can't remember who it was. It might have been... Ross County or someone like that they'd won a penalty and they decided who was taking it through the rock paper scissors and the guy stepped up and scored it so it was no issue um only becomes an issue when the player misses like shall I did but I don't know in a game like that in a friendly game where you've kind of dominated and controlled the game I'd let that one slide you know you just take it as a it's one of those things that happens in the game, the boys are relaxed enough to feel that they can do it. But if they're doing it in a competitive match and a qualifier, then it's a different story. Um and you've probably got to look then at somebody like Subas Lai just stamping that wee bit of authority and going, Well, I'm the captain, so I'm hitting it. So you can understand where Rossi comes from if he's a wee bit upset. Yeah, to
0: to me. Tom, I'm probably reading a little bit much into it. Okay, we're laughing about it now. It is funny to look back on. At the time that that happened, I had a little thought in my head as to who's actually running this dressing room here. Because there's some big personalities in there. You know, Shalai is, um, Soba Light is obviously. This was the kind of, to me, are they getting a bit too big for their boots? Are they... Mm main voice in that dressing room as opposed to Rossi that, I'm, i maybe I'm overthinking it but that's like literally what I thought at the time
1: yeah I think I I think that's fair enough I can see like Kev's argument as well but to me it kind of comes over a little bit cocky a little bit arrogant um it's kind of I if I was an opposing player and I saw that I'd be like I'm fucking kicking him next next time he gets the ball I'm fucking kicking him for that <laughs> like thinking like you're yeah it's cocky it's arrogant it's it's it it doesn't scream like ruthlessness for me and Rossi is a ruthless manager who is intent on winning 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 and at 1-0 in a in in a in any game especially like international games where um, I'm pretty sure you get points don't you for even even playing friendly games towards the world rankings and that kind of thing so there is there is a, a need to win that game. There's obviously a need to win just because of it's playing for Hungary, you're playing for your, your country and, and it's important to win. And at one nil, I don't, I can, I can see why, why there is an argument for, yeah, it's it's kind of a little bit of fun and is it really going to matter that much? I just think it's like the perception of it really. It does, like I say, it doesn't scream ruthlessness. It doesn't. It doesn't scream to me that those players in that moment, as they're about to step up to take the penalty, are going to be fully focused on what they're doing. Whereas if they've just played this funny little game, which I'm sure, like, yeah, if he'd just put it in, and everyone has got a massive smile on their face, like, oh, those guys. But yeah, I think what Rossi wants to drill into this team is ruthlessness, and we have to be ruthless if we if we want to to achieve the things that I think this squad are capable of. And I, I think it's fair enough. He dragged them both off a, about five minutes later after that for two youngsters. And I think, I think Sabasai captain, I guess he's just been a little bit naive in that moment. And yeah, I don't think they'll do it again. And and it's not like you could, you don't have to make too big of an issue of it, but I think, yeah, a little telling off and going guys, we're playing for odds country here. Um, yeah. I think, I think, I think what Rossi did is fair enough, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, we've got to remember we were in the same position that Estonia are not not so long ago. We, we you know, we were losing these friendlies. We were losing these games to Estonias and to, to these. b you know, not not um, only a few friendlies ago, we were drawing two two with Luxembourg. So my, my concern was how we are playing in these friendlies as opposed to how we are playing when it matters. Is is kind of like, mm, uh, you know, are we are we being a bit silly with this are we being too big for our boots now but yeah I, I get it completely you know at the end of the day we've got to remember these are really young lads as well and uh, you know so much i will learn from this absolutely and it's you know it's one that will go down on the highlight reel for sure um yeah exactly i think i think that's the point in it like
1: it, 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 i'm not i don't want to be overly harsh because they are young lads and they're all having fun and and it's great it, like they're best when they're playing with a smile on the face but yeah, I just think this it's the kind of thing you shouldn't really be doing at international level. That's just my take anyway.
0: No, no, but also Tom, you got you think of the, the interest now in this Hungarian national team is peak, it is insane. Since when do we sell over fifty, sixty thousand 60,000 tickets for a friendly with Estonia in Budapest? That's how much the people yeah. to come and see this team. I don't want to come and see you pissing about. I want to come and see, like you say, I want to see that ruthlessness. I want to see us roll teams apart. And, you know, because cause the expectation's there now, you know? Um, yeah, and
1: I think I think, I think think that's the... It, it felt like a reaction in the next game, to be honest. Because, like, Sobosai was immense in that second game. And it just felt like... It felt like he just was ruthless in that game, to be honest. I know we're going to get onto it, but it just felt like... The reaction came immediately, which is great to see.
0: Yeah, and uh, again, it's yeah, it's Rossi that's. Um, I've lost my trial of all. You have to edit this bit, Tom. Sorry, mate. Well, move, moving on to that Bulgaria game, um, Kev. It was game number fifty um, for for Marco Rossi. Um, we saw Bulgaria lose um, their opening qualifier. They were they were absolutely dreadful. Um, what was your first kind of takeaway from the game as, as it started against Bulgaria?
2: Um, well, first takeaway from that game was just how good was Dominic he was like? Um, he was incredible. I think yeah, I'm going to jump ahead probably a little bit because I know that there was one of the questions that had come on, on Twitter, I think, was asking if that was his best game. For hungry yeah it and
1: was Anthony,
2: Anthony Kennedy I think Anthony, yeah 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 and I think I think without a shadow of a doubt it was because um you know to go back to Tom's point on the last one was this the moment where he was going to stamp his authority on the team and on the dressing room and show that leadership capabilities and what have you and he absolutely did he just stepped up led the team from the first minute drove them on his performance was incredible. Every single attack that Hungary had pretty much came through him. It was either him or Kerkes on the left. Um, and then as the game went on, I think Sub was sliced in a wee bit. He drops back at the left back and he started building the attacks from there. It was an incredible performance by him all round. And the whole team just seemed to click as a unit. And that's kind of what you were saying earlier, Gab. Just uh, the way that Rossi's got them playing. Every player in that team has a role, and they all know it inside out. Um, and everybody just played played it perfectly. Baller up and down the right hand side was immense for the full game. So, um, sorry as Tom was saying, if he doesn't become a starter next season at Wolves, he should go and look somewhere else because at the international level, he's proven himself that he's he's capable of playing. Um, And then I think as well, just as the game goes on, it was a complete professional performance because they got the 3-0 lead by half-time and the second half was just a case of seeing it through. You get the three points to start the group off and it puts us in a really, really strong place because I think it's Montenegro that's up next and that's a winnable game away from home. So, you know, you could be looking at another successful Qualifying campaign, although I don't want to get too far ahead of myself and think that those thoughts.
0: Now, listen, you, you're allowed to on this podcast. As you're walking <laughs> around the, the streets of Budapest, you're not allowed to be um, optimistic. But on this podcast, it's, it's, it's kind of anything goes, Kev. So you're safe. This is your safe space now, my friend. This is I, my safe space. Well, we'll that's all right after, then. <laughs> we'll look after you. Um, Tom, so to, to your opinion of Anthony's question did you think that was his his best game Um, for me personally it's a no only because of the opposition in the game and what we saw before with what was resting on his shoulders and him taking us to the finals and stuff like that that's that's probably the only reason I'm saying not to but he he was he was insane
1: yeah he was and throughout, like like Kev said, he was moving towards left back towards the end, Um, I guess because he was tired and I think there was a moment towards the end he was kind of on his haunches a little bit, like tr- gasping for breath because he was immense, he was everywhere. Like the amount of sprints he made and the amount of take-ons, Um, I haven't got the stats in front of me, but like he was just doing everything. And there was a bit of criticism I used to have for him when he was, coming through at Salzburg, he's i used to think he sometimes was on the periphery of games a bit um he he obviously had undoubted quality when he got on the ball but like sometimes he just was wouldn't get on the ball enough for me for someone of his quality whereas in that in this game he just got he was always wanting it always getting onto the ball and doing the right thing with it almost every time like I, i watched a lot of united i'm a as people on twitter will know i'm a big man united fan and, and Anthony on the right wing who united signed for 100 million is, is a player who doesn't make the right decision almost any time whereas you watch Sobosai and, and you just go that right decision right decision right decision and he also has it's not just like the decision making that he has he also has the technical ability which matches up to pretty much anyone in Europe really I mean you, you, the people you kind of think putting him ahead uh, above him are kind of like your Mbappe's your Neymar Messi kind of player whereas and I think Sobosai is just just a, a little bit below that like that's how good on the ball he is and to have the decision making alongside that is is phenomenal like sub, so, like and I, and I know you asked about this game sp- specifically but i um it, is, it doesn't surprise me to see him play like this. Like, it, it, I think it is his. One, I think it is his, for me, it's his best performance for for Hungary. But I don't think this is just going to be a standout where like it's going to be one and then we won't see him perform like this. He's 22. He's going to get better and better and better. He at, at Leipzig, he's been in a team that have actually quite struggled in, in the last few games, whereas he's still been immense and. He needs to leave that club and go to a a top, top club because he can be anything he wants to be. And he's 22 years old, captain of Hungary, showed a bit of naivety in that Estonia game, but then came back and was like, I'm going to show you how fucking good I am. And yeah, if he continues with this mentality and then keeps adding more quality to his game and then experience and man... What could he
0: become? See that this is like a really good kind of debate to have with Soborschle. Uh, it, it's, it's there isn't a debate. He's incredible. Him at ninety percent is phenomenal. Now Rossi's given him the armband, which is take giving him that extra ten percent that we're seeing. Um, we had a ninety percent Lai at Leipzig under Tedesco. Um, Probably less than that, I'd say Tedesco. Not too yeah. long out of him, the coach there now that has complete faith in him starts every game. His assists, he's he's running the show in midfield there for Leipzig as well. Clearly a confidence player. You show the confidence in him, and you're gonna you're gonna get it back. So I, I get what you're saying about it. he needs to leave Leipzig, Kev. I don't know your thoughts on this, but I I want to see a team that. He fits into rather than a team that fits around him, if that makes sense. Because, like as we've seen with all these big clubs that are just, uh, Chelsea is a fantastic example. They're signing and been linked to Chelsea as well. Yeah, well, this is the thing: they're signing absolutely insane players that are brilliant, and then going right. How does he fit into our system? he doesn't. But he's blah blah blah. That's not good enough. Do you know what I mean? I want to see him at a club where it, it, he fits and. I think this Leipzig team is a, is a fantastic fit for him. I really really do. Um the only fear is is that they're likely to leave and Kunu and uh, you know others are likely to go. It's what happens then, but um I don't know. I see a Dortmund or a something like that like as a as a as a really good fit. They've got proven track record with youngsters, um Gio Reyna etc first team regular obviously. Um uh, what's the English lad's name? I can't remember his name now.
2: Uh, Bellingham
0: Bellingham, that's it Sorry, yeah, Bellingham's in there the, You know, they put complete trust in these young players That are a, a team that's expected to challenge for the title every year And um, and compete in the Champions League as well I, I'd rather see him fit there Than just turn up to a big club Where he ends up not fitting And, and, and being out of sorts kind of things. it doesn't benefit us then mm, He's too
2: good a player just to go somewhere and be a number which is what he'd end up being if he went to somewhere like Chelsea. And that's not a slight on him. That's just the way that they're a basket case of a club at the moment. And they'll just think anyone that's got a reputation and and try and fit them in somewhere like Madrid used to do with their Galacticos. Dortmund's probably a decent shout, actually. It's be a step up from Leipzig. They've got a pretty good history of developing young players. I reckon that they've probably got a sub or sly-shaped hole in the midfield. That needs film, and who better to do it than Sub or Sly um, and he would go there he would have the expectation of um, being at a team that's wanting to go and win the title every season he'd be in a in a positive environment for him so that, I mean that, that might actually be a decent move for him but um, I I would, I would I do agree with Tom that he's probably got to move away from Leipzig sooner rather than later you feel that like they're going to lose some of the better players. And has definitely gone to Chelsea, I believe. So yeah, it's interesting. He needs a move. He needs it, he needs that step up, an extra challenge again. And I feel that like he's the kind of player that right now in his career needs to be constantly challenging himself and can't mm. afford to become comfortable wherever he is.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And Tom, obviously, you are been talking about you, you watch Man United week in, week out. You do the podcast. You do everything. You know this club inside out. So from from me looking as a as a football fan rather than a Man United fan Man United without Casemiro are absolutely <laughs> atrocious yeah and clearly like next season they need to be they need to be challenging they they don't need to have players like McTominay and blah 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 and everything like that no offence care of hero of Scotland and all that but would you see him fitting at a club like that it's a very interesting question
1: um I remember when United signed Donny van der Beek and I said on Twitter at the time, I imagine most people probably thought I was just being like um, biased because I love Soboslai, but I said United should be signing Soboslai, it shouldn't be signing Donny van der Beek and they would have got him for cheaper because he was at Salzburg at the time and I mean there's no comparison between the two players now, like everyone's seen how bad Van der Beek is and everyone's seen how good Soboslai is. The problem with United is that United's team is it, there are a lot of chaotic footballers in United's team. You've got Bruno Fernandez who gives the ball away. That's Bruno Fernandez has had a few games this season where he's had forty percent pass pack, pass accuracy. Sobosai is a player who has like eighty ninety percent. Um, he's Somboslay is a player who can fit in a system, and he has players around him who. Are great at linking together United have a couple of them I would say like Sancho, Eriksen, Casemiro can obviously but then we've also got like these, this chaos like Anthony and Fernandes and Rashford who can be effective but they, they don't really fit into a system and I think that's United's problem in general is that there's kind of too many players from one school of thought and too many players from another school of thought and it doesn't really mesh together and I think my problem with Putting Sobosai into that a little bit like how Pogba fact fit into that is that is 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 kind of he's he's good enough hundred percent to play at that level but I think it's a bit like Chelsea like it's kind of some players will make it some won't because of random reasons and I think if he went to United he's is taking a bit of a punt. Because you're not, there's not a settled team at United right now. It's not a it's not a um a round hole being fit into a, a round peg being fit into a round hole. It's kind of it might be round or it might be triangular shaped. It might be squared. Like it, 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 the the problem is with United. Maybe in two or three years under Ten Hag, then then a system will develop and and players will come in. Uh, the right players will come in, in the transfer window and they'll just fit seamlessly into the side a little bit like how it works at City or how it did at Liverpool under when they were at the best under Klopp um, and a little bit like how you say it, it works at Dortmund really like Dortmund have had that for years like they've, they haven't got the best players in the world and they keep bringing these youngsters in but they fit into a system which is is always the right system really it's always a system that works well together like Dortmund have years where they finish fourth or fifth or sixth and then they have other years where they're like this season where they're challenging for the title but that's more because of their they're a selling club um, and that they have they lose their best players every year and they have to rebuild but the system kind of stays the same I think Bayern Munich in my opinion is is a place where I would potentially like to see Zoboslai I think he's I think he's good enough to play for Bayern Munich and it's that and that's the team which is generally settled a lot of the time obviously they've just sacked Nagelsmann but they're still top of the of the league and they've brought in Tuchel straight away they they act with efficiency and and ruthlessness when things aren't going right but things go right pretty much all the time because they win the league pretty much all the time and they'll be winning Champions League like they did two or three years ago and they'll be competing for a Champions League like they will be this year. I'd love to see, I'd love to see Sobosai go to Bayern Munich. That'll be, I'm looking at the team now and I don't really know how he fits into it right now, but I thought the same when Leo Goretzka went there and and Goretzka's been awesome. Goretzka's got more defensive uh, ability to his game and I guess Sobosai you want closer to goal, but you look at Thomas Muller coming towards the end of his career and you think he's it, it, not the same type of player as, as Muller, but he's, he can play in the same types of areas. And you think Sobosai might be a, a perfect kind of replacement for that for the next 10 years at Bayern Munich. And, and that's kind of the level which I think Sobosai is at. I I, I, I get the Dortmund kind of point, but to me, Dortmund... It's not a sidestep because Dortmund is the better club and they're going to be challenging for titles, unlike Leipzig, who are just too inconsistent, really. And it is a step up, but I don't know. I just think Solboski is better than Dortmund. I think he's he's elite and there's not many elite clubs out there. You look at Barcelona, I think he'd probably fit in well at Barcelona, but they're not the most stable of clubs in the world at the moment. You've got Real Madrid, maybe could work out Real Madrid. I mean, how how exciting would it be to see Hungarian back at Real Madrid? Um, first one since Adam Zola. Um and that was obviously the B team. Um, then you got the English clubs, or you got PSG, or oh God, I hate I'd hate him to see to see him go to PSG. But there's not many elite clubs out there, really. So it's like, yeah, which one's the best fit for him?
0: It's good shout. It re- I mean, they're all. When you sit back and you think we're naming all these huge clubs and he definitely could work at all of them. I, I, I agree. He, he wouldn't be out of place. My, I kind of think, why are you not going for him? His stock is rising all the time and y- you're just dragging your heels. Leipzig have got him because people were dragging their heels. People yeah. were, knew how good he was at, at Salzburg and there must be loads of clubs. Like I said, I, I say it all the time, if your scouts are not looking at these players, And telling you to sign them while they're dirt cheap, you need sacking. I
1: know. I I always think that about United. Like, like I said, like at the time, Sobosai was obviously gonna be amazing. And United signed donny van der Bek. Like, what what and they would have got Sobosai for cheaper at a a younger age and they could have built him up. I don't
0: get It it's nuts. And Kev, that brings me on to Another, I mean, the, the brilliantly named Tony Pepperoni on Twitter asked a question about what's the ideal club for Milos Kirkes to to, to to move to. I mean, this guy's another absolutely phenomenal player, plays in a position left wing back that is such a hard position to get absolute quality at at, at any level, let alone... Like elite level, this guy's up there in my opinion, Kev. What What do you think?
2: He's a fantastic player. Um, in the last couple of games, he just showed that again, just how good he is and how good of a prospect he is. And how old is he still? Like twenty, twenty-one years old as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's
2: even that. So there's like this huge potential in him that he will only get better. Uh, in the same way that Subosly will only get better as well. Uh, there's two. To huge, huge prospects there. But where does the where does Kerkers go in the summer? It's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> um, I know Benfica is the team that's been linked with them recently. I think that that could be a decent move for them, mm-hmm. um, because it's it'd be a step up, I think, from playing in the Eredivisie. Again, being that kind of environment where young players are given a chance and given that uh, first team responsibility and thrown right in. With again the challenge of being expected to go and win titles and cups and get into a lot of stages in European competition, so that could be a good move for him. Um But I don't know because I'm looking at the way that he plays, and he, I think he needs to go to a team that that plays a really high intensity style of football. Mm. So the thought that just came in my mind as as I was rambling through that was Celtic. Okay. Like yes <laughs> <laughs> the very team it's actually the team that Suboslay should move to as well, although he'd need to replace Rio Hatati so I'm not sure that's ever going to happen
1: mm, yeah, probably wouldn't um,
2: it. probably wouldn't yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I was going to say uh, Napoli or someone like that just someone that plays that the Klopp's old school heavy metal style of football someone that just goes for it and again is willing to give youth a chance. But, you know, the two of them to go back to Subosly as well, the two of them, I think, have got kind of the football world at their feet. Um and they can go wherever they want and they can become whatever they want as well. As long as they just, you know, it's the old one. If they just keep their heads down, those two can go so far. Um and then it becomes it's who can afford to sign them. Because we're going through the teams for life And actually as you're you rhyming them off and wondering which ones of them could actually afford them? Because he's going to be, he's now what, a fifty, sixty million pound player. Kirkez will be fifteen, twenty million. Huge talents.
0: This, this is the thing. Um, I, I'm always dubious of the transfer marks where where they get their, where they get the numbers from when they're when they're putting a value on players because. Players only worth what anyone wants to pay play for pay for them at the end of the day, Tom. But ten ten million euros was the last estimate. That was the day after he had that terrific performance against Bulgaria. Um, obviously, he's been doing it all season long in the in the Eredivisie, as any fans will tell you that that watch it regular. Um, ten million euros, Tom. They, they probably spend more than that on their catering budget. like to to feed the players at at training do you know what I mean it's why why are these clubs again why are you not taking a punt on him I mean there's always always been that thing historically about clubs um unwillingness to to sign Hungarian players because of attitude and whatever it might be that goes back historically but those days are long gone now where do you see this guy going Tom he he's brilliant isn't he he's absolutely brilliant yeah, um, I think I think I think the Napoli shout
1: is great shout. I he obviously used to play in Italy uh, with Milan uh, in the youth team there. Um, and you look at their left backs at, at um, Napoli, Mario Rui in his thirties now. Uh, you got Oliveira there who yeah, is fine, but he's not great. And you think, oh my god. I'd love to see. I'd love to see Kirke at Napoli. He's got that ferocity about him that would yeah endear himself to the fans there. He's such an endearing lad in general. Really, his passion like really shines through. Which I, I, I always used to think about Hungarian players. They didn't have the personality. A lot of them. A lot of them like went into their shell. Whereas now, like it's the complete opposite. Especially with these two we keep we're talking about now. Like obviously, uh, has like bags of charisma and bags of confidence and bags of personality. And Kirkez is exactly the same. They believe in themselves, um, and and Kirkes has got well every reason to believe in himself because he's got so so much ability and so much like I say ferocity, which I love to see from from a defender. Like I, I think there are question marks over his like defensive position. But he's 19 years old. It's completely fine. It's completely acceptable. He's learning in a great league. Um, I think at the moment, like, I think it's like the perfect level to be at. He going, but going forward, he's electric. Like, he. There not there are not many like left backs in the world where you think, wow, he's so good at going forward. I I think to like Adam Lang. (laughs) <laughs> well yeah I was going to say him but then I was also going to say yeah Too obvious. And,
0: Too obvious.
1: yeah yeah obvi- yeah I, I don't want to go with the obvious child but like one of Kev's mates I guess like Andy Robertson who's just mm-hmm. immense at going forward he, he obviously does it going backwards as well but like I, I think I think Kirkez is I think I think Kirk has, has got the ability to become one of the best left backs in the world, and I I, I said that quite early, maybe like a year or two ago, and I I thought, mate, I might might be in a bit hyperbolic here, but you don't see that many left backs with his electricity going forward and ability going forward, and and it's kind of borne fruit in in his in his stats this season. He's got like bags of assists in his first full season in the in the Eredivisie. Well, first full season playing senior football, um, and you just think, well, no, sorry, he had he had years at Jorg, didn't he, in, in the Hungarian second division? But it's not really quite the same thing. Um, but like, yeah, he's he's got everything, and and like you say, putting him in a team like Napoli, who are who are ferocious and play high pressure, in, intense football, I think would be absolutely perfect um it's just like you say Gabby it's interesting that like teams don't take a punt on him and all Milan didn't think that he was worth investing in which was because because he knew clearly knew how good he was and that's why he wanted to get out of that club and, and find somewhere and RZ we think we're going yeah our left back's going in the summer come and be our number one and yes, yeah, it's, it's been it's been an awesome first season, like playing European football. They're still in the Conference League, playing Eredivisie for, I guess, a, a top side, not the top, top side over there. But yeah, it's going to be uh, I would I would, if I was Napoli, I would snap him up. Like I say, they've got a couple of OK guys at left back, but they could definitely improve there. And then, wow, what a talent they'd have. And, and oh, man, imagine imagine seeing Kyrgyz and playing for that Napoli team they're excited enough as it is.
2: Vinđul Solai és <laughs> vissza lett tenni Kleinheislnek és újra Solainak és ott a gól helyzet és a gól és a gól Solai vezette Magyarországt. Ötszázad Trendor butad. Be lehet az piszkálni, pöckölni, Egy ide. Ismét jött a támadás volt. It is phenomenal. It, I can't Steve, believe, actually. See if you're in Milan, you must be kicking yourself right now. Yeah. You've, you've had him on your books and you've let him go. Cause, um, I remember a couple of years ago when he was there, there was a few videos doing the rounds on Twitter and YouTube and whatnot of him playing for the Primavera team. And he would be, would he have been 17 at that time. And he's gone in full-blooded into tackles. Winning the ball cleanly, coming out yes, and then driving yeah. his team forward, and you're just going, it's 17 years old. That boy looks a player, and he looked like a man at that age as well. You know, he was he was sturdy enough that you thought mm-hmm. he could handle himself. Um, so I, you just wonder what was going through their minds when they let him go, um, and again, how no one else, apart from Azed, thought uh, this is a lad we're going to take a punt on. Because you're not really taking a punt on that. He's he clearly had the ability. And he actually, when I'm thinking about that again, reminds me of a young Kieran Tierney. To always have to bring a Scottish player into this. Tierney <laughs> was the same. You know? You could see it in him straight away. The ferociousness yeah. in the tackle. But it was clean, it was perfect. And he got up and his first stop was, Let's take the team forward. And that's it for me. Like you don't like the you look at like a lot of
1: the best uh, attacking fullbacks in, in world football, they're usually great at going forward and not great defensively. I think Andy Robertson is one of the few that is great at doing both. But you look at on the other side at Liverpool and Trent Alexander Arnold, amazing going forward, but doesn't have the ability or doesn't have the ferocity at uh, going backwards. Whereas, like like you say, Kev, like you just need to see a couple of clips of Kirkej defending and you're like, wow, and then you see it go forward, you're like, wow. Wow. Like how the tools in the, in this kid's armoury,
0: it's just so exciting. It's it's funny how, I mean, we all know that when a player is released from a club, that there'll be other clubs like potentially in Italy, wherever, or, or some of the big nations with the big scouting networks that will be asking for the lowdown on this player you've just released. And whoever's made the decision to release him, it's obviously a primavera coach that... Has, has made the decision and they've possibly you know, asked one of their scouts to have a look at him as well. So between them, they've made that decision. And then the news travels, you know, they're like, no, don't sign this guy because of blah, blah, blah. On on someone's absolutely insane decision. I mean, like, it's the same as you can be a terrible football manager. You could take a team down. You're always going to get another job because you're on that merry-go-round. It's like, it's, it's almost like no one's questioning it. Look at Chelsea who let De Bruyne go. They let Salah go. Yet the person who made that decision is still making decisions today about releasing players. You think well, at what point are you <laughs> not questioned over this stuff? And how do you keep doing it? It's because you're in the football circus. Do you know what I mean? And you're always gonna gonna do it. And it, it's just insane. I'm telling you, when when Kirkus has signed that that big contract and he, and it is he's going to be absolutely top talent. I'm I'm calling that guy in the office if I'm at Milan and, and giving him his his that's you done mate I'm sorry pal. you've got to go because that's a dreadful decision it's insane now it's I know it's how football works and, and and what it is but you're literally your career at that age is in the hands of someone like mm. a, a couple of coaches and a scout that decide whether you're good enough or not it's just uh, yeah it's it's balmy absolutely balmy but from one end of the spectrum to the other, uh, shout out to Palachinta at halftime on Twitter, who says, will Dennis Dibus be Hungary's number one for Euro 2024? Um, hopefully we qualify. Um, what's the update with Gulachi? Um Good news on Gulacci today, actually, was that uh, Leipzig posted a picture of him walking about, unaided, um, looking really good, looking healthy and fit. So, He's on his way back to fitness for, sh- for sure. Um, doesn't normal? I mean, goalkeepers can play into their late 30s, obviously, uh, dibbs is probably, what, 32 now. Um, Gulachi's going on. Um, so first, if you guys want to answer that question as well, and then, like, is this probably the only position that we need to really start worrying about in terms of as we go on? with not having the quality there potentially to, to, to fill the gap that these guys give.
1: Um, maybe, but I wouldn't have said this, like probably like a year ago, because I would have said Schenkel, um, at Juventus is, I, I think I've probably said on the last pod we had, he was probably my most exciting, uh, young player coming through. And he's obviously an MB2 at the moment. And, Making headlines for basically
0: stopping a kid from scoring yeah. and, and went viral. Um, do you know they've changed the rules on the kickoffs now as well? Because of that, you're no you're no longer allowed to um, dribble the ball out of the penalty area. Uh, sorry, the centre circle.
1: <laughs> it's so funny. He well, got I so
0: much that. hate for that, but I
1: thought it was, I thought it was quite funny to
0: be honest. He's grounded there. It's, it's a life lesson there. That 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 is a lesson in life. <laughs> Let me tell you, not just football but yeah
1: <laughs> i just love how like how he just looked so nonplussed he just saved it then caught the next one just kicked it up field, like come on mate absolute disdain you'll for not catch him
2: playing rock paper scissors with anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. anyone I, I, uh, going back to my point i thought that he was yeah like the next big thing obviously being an mb2 it's fine though like I, i've said this on the pod before that Goalkeepers usually go out on loan to to small, to small very small clubs when they're young. Um, you look to like Dean Henderson, uh, Jordan Pickford. I, I think they both went to non-league when they were younger. And, and obviously both have played for England now um, and both play in the Premier League. So I don't think it's anything to worry about at, per se. Like the first step for a goalkeeper to play in senior football isn't always at the highest level. Um, Heggie has not had a, a loan yet, I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong um I'm gonna just search that because I just want to make sure I'm not talking absolute shite uh he hasn't had a, he hasn't had a loan he went from Dust to West Ham and he's just been in like the youth teams he's played a lot of like under 21 football with um West Ham I think at 20 you'd want a loan very soon because like the the level of of under 21 football is just not very good to be honest um and especially for a goalkeeper, like you don't really learn that much there. I think you look at like An or Nody, Like we thought he was going to be quite good at Aston Villa, and he's gone back full time. Uh, no, he hasn't gone to Hungary. He's gone to Cyprus to be the number two over there. Like he's left Villa full time. Um, and, and and I don't think you can really tell like how good a goalkeeper is when they're playing at youth level. To be quite honest, That I, I I thought when I saw Senko, like he looked different to me. He looked like a sen- senior lad playing youth football um but yeah to go back to the point of Dennis the um I, I don't know i think i think if golatchi back next season which he should be i think i think you've got to give him the the first choice back like the, Debusch is a good shot stopper don't get me wrong he's a good shot stopper but he's nowhere near the level of Gulacci, in my opinion um so if if Galaxi's back playing first team football for leipzig i don't think i don't think there's any question Personally, I think I think fans might argue with me regarding that. And like I said, De- De Bush is fine. He, he does he does well pretty much every time he plays for Hungary, He's never let us down. He did he made a few nice saves, especially in the second half against Bulgaria. But there's levels and Kulacy for me is just far superior. And if he's if he's fit, he's got he's got to be the first choice because it is yeah. next. It's it's yeah. It's
0: uh, fourteen months away. There's a there's a reason why he's captain of Leipzig as well. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's got that huge influence as well. That, um, like you say, with have on, on all those points. I mean, Tom, it must have been ten years ago when we were talking about this kid coming through. We couldn't believe it. And you know, to be fair, he's had a he's had a very, very good career. Um, you know, but staying in Hungary, albeit um and, and had a an international career out of it. But like you say, I see him as a, a very steady number two. But for me, there's no reason, like I say, G Galachi's not not all of a sudden going to come back and drop down any levels, um and, and Dibas is likely to go isn't likely to go up any. So I think we have a good number one and number two for for a whole kind of cycle of players really, if that makes sense as a me saying cycle, but you, you know, the way these players are yeah. all through. Um that was also a question, Tom. You'll have to remind me of the chap's name. We we know that he's in Canada, um, and I'm so sorry I haven't got your name in front of me. Special Kamin or Special K? Special K, Special K. That'll get K- us, um, yeah, demonetized on the on the podcast, <laughs> Um <laughs> No, fantastic! It's great. It's great. You've been calling for the podcast for a long, long time. Um, Yeah, big shout to you. We really appreciate your support. We appreciate everyone's support as well. It's fantastic that you're even clicking the play button, downloading whatever you're doing. Um, You know, we we just love talking about Hungarian football. We love talking rubbish, and the fact that we can put both of them together on this platform is amazing. So, no, big shout to you all. Um, Another question. My my mum
2: loves to listen to you as well, Gabby.
0: So does she?
2: she does I, she's, I, I have a, she's have the a, number one downloader
0: she's amazing i have a round range of um merchandise available that will be winging its way to her i promise i promise <laughs> um another question from canada as well is that um I hope we have Marco Rossi available to guide us through to the 2026 World Cup qualifying and um, hopefully an appearance at the finals. Uh, It's going to be tough for anyone not to qualify, basically, for that World Cup, I think. But um, his contract uh, goes, I don't think it goes beyond Euro 24. Um, Do you think successes in the last two years in particular are primarily due to Rossi? Um would this team implode without him at the helm now with the players we have available? I love that. I like the end of that question. That's fantastic. Um, it's a really good, interesting question, actually. Um, Kev, what, what's your thoughts on that, first of all, please? Well,
2: I want Tom to answer that one first and then I'll just say what he said. <laughs> 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 uh, because it is a great question, isn't it? Like, it, really is. yeah. it really is. It really is. I I don't think the team would implode without Rossi. But I do think that he's the key element behind the successes of the last couple of years. Um if I'm the head of the MLS, I'm gonna move mountains to keep Rossi at the end of his contract. I'm gonna give him whatever he wants to stay, because we've seen we've seen the progress from the time that he's taken the job on to where we're at now with the national team where, you know, would be England 4-1 and things like that. You know, and that was unthinkable just a couple of years ago and he's taking the team on so far. Uh, and it is all down to the things that you'd mentioned before, Gabby, at the start, you know, that kind of just the way he sets his team up the way that he gets everybody drilled into knowing the role in the team. Um, and he just sets them out with, I think, pretty simple instructions of what they need to do and the players follow it. So he's he's definitely a massive, massive element behind why or behind the success that Hungary's had recently. The reason I don't think they'd implode without him, though, is basically because the players will stay the same. So as long as the, the MLS go out and do their recruitment of a new manager correctly, find someone that's fairly similar or a, a wee bit more progressive by that time than Rossi, then, you know... You'd have to be confident in the players that they can carry it on, and they'll be professional enough that they'll want to carry on and and keep on being successful. But it's a it's it's a question I hope we never really have to answer come <laughs> that time because I'm I'm hopeful that he will stay and sign a new contract, and he seems to have a a real affinity with Hungary, with the people, with the team. So he gets I think it. he's a,
0: he, he absolutely gets it.
2: He gets it, yeah. And uh, I, I think I think he'll have unfinished business still by that point. Because he'll want to take Hungary to as many of these kind of major competitions as he can. He'll want to get them out of the group stages in these competitions as well. Uh, and I think he'll be a guy that will be driven by those kind of personal goals and motivations. I'm hoping so anyway. And I'm also not sure in a, in one sense where else he would go. Um, does he really go back to Italy for a club job? Who, mm. Because would he, would he go anywhere else as a national team coach? I don't think so. So, you know, take as many positives from this as we can and try and build as many arguments as we can. That, um, we don't need to answer the question in 2026 20, of whether Hungary will implode without Rossi because he's still going to be there.
0: That's a great shout. I mean, he, the dream of all of this, and if he never manages again after then you know i'm fine with it but to lead us out at a world cup would just be the peak wouldn't it it's it's Mm -hmm. just you know to
2: to have won a league title with that honved team and then take Hungary back to the world cup and see them through a group stage gabby you're getting a big tattoo of him on your forehead that's how much
0: (laughs) Listen, I, I don't look like this with a bald head. I've only done this because of Mark Ross, Marco Rossi, mate. I'm <laughs> morphing I'm into him slowly. I want to be him so badly, but it, it's incredible. I mean, we like we said at the start of the show is that was his 50th game in charge of us against um against Bulgaria, and at the time when Marco Rossi nearly took Honved down, I absolutely <laughs> cannot believe how we're talking about the same guy. It, it's just beyond absolute beyond beyond belief the fact that he came back and won the league with homebed after nearly getting them relegated um it's just baffling isn't it it's just baffling but there's something about the guy clearly it's just it just works and 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 he works for us and you know long may it continue because we have had absolute years and years and years of garbage and you know I'm never ever ever going to forget or take anywhere Uh, anything away from from the golden team of Pushkas and co but these guys in their own right have lifted that like it's not the only thing we have to cling on to now we've got all these guys and uh, genuinely it's he's massive he's a massive massive part of that and the reason for it so whoever decided to give him that job Chany, if it was you I saw you got a medal the other day. Maybe it was for that. I don't know, but yeah, fair, fair play. It's, it's yeah, absolutely incredible. Um, here, here's another question that um someone asked me on Twitter the other day as well, and I, I apologize once again. Now, as you know, we don't do any preparation for this. We push the record button and we go. So. Yeah, I did try and want to change that, actually, because to try and impress Kev as the the new editor and show him how things work here. But we're like,
2: "Ah." you impress me every day, Gab. Don't you worry about that.
0: Such a charmer. You can come (laughs) back. Right. You can come back. Um, But it's just that one of the questions always asked is why is this? Why have we got this golden generation of young players? Where are they all coming from? Why, all of a sudden, has it come from? Because um, we we all know the the investment that's gone into Hungarian football at league level, um, stadiums and and grassroots and everything like that. But uh, arguably, MB one at the moment is as worst as it's ever been for me. I I just think the level at the minute is dreadful. The champions... um, Ferenc are going to piss the league again, despite out of the last 10 games winning two matches. Um, they're looking dreadful in the league. They've, you know, Europe was a different kettle of fish. They they, they did okay, they did good. Um, where are they coming from? This is the question, because there is nothing that like you can put your, your finger on and say, ah, that's what we've done, and this is why. Any ideas, Tom? Are they coming from behind the... Find found down the back of the sofa with the car keys or what it, it's just bizarre isn't it
1: coming from abroad <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we've got Vili Orban we've got M- Milos Kirkes, we've got Loic Nego we've got Callum Styles nah like that that's obviously facetious but I think I think like part of it has helped like the fact that Kirkes chose Hungary over over Serbia is is huge um I, th- I think Kirkez said when he was asked of this by Benzer, I think um, that Serbia never even got in touch with him, which is crazy. I mean, <laughs> you're talking about Milan sacking the uh, the guy who let him let Kirkez go, but the guy who didn't get in contact with Kirkez as a youngster to <laughs> ask him to play for Serbia should also be sacked um, because he is Serbian. He doesn't even speak Hungarian. I don't know if he does now, but like when I last saw him interviewed about it, he doesn't even speak Hungarian. Um Vili Orban, obviously. But that in itself is is an achievement. It's something that Hungary would were terrible at in previous generations, where there was loads of players that could have played for Hungary who, for whatever reason, I guess, disorganization or maybe no inclination to to, to try and get these boys involved. But like now, anyone who's partly Hungarian, like Callum Styles, like Hungary is straight on the phone to be like, come on, mate, do you want to play for us? And they're like, yeah. And that helps 100%, like to have a smattering of foreign players in the team brings with it. I think it's interesting because you you would say if you were like a a strong nationalist, you would say uh, Loik Nago, Vili Orban, uh, Callum Styles they can't play for Hungary they haven't got it in their heart but I think it brings almost a different type of desire to be honest because if you're like Nago and especially like certain parts of the Hungarian society won't be very pleased that he's playing for Hungary and and in the same way as like some people won't be very pleased that Callum Styles is playing for Hungary like they've got something even more to prove they've got a they've got to prove those doubters wrong they've not they're not just kind of in there because they're they're from Hungary, like they've got even more to prove, and I think that actually brings like a, yeah, even more of a a desire. Like like I say, it's probably conversely to a lot of people's thought. I think that I think that is the truth. But where are the players coming from? It's a mix, isn't it? Like there's there's not like a golden generation that have just come through. There's a few players from who are of a similar type of age. We've got Balog, we've got Kerkes, we've got Andros, name it. But, and then we've got kind of Sobor, size a little bit older. We've got Nodge who came through in a good generation with Klein Heisler. We've got Gulachi who's from the original golden generation with Neymar and Koeman. It's just been quite a steady um, few years really. We've kind of got like two or three players from from every generation really. Like you look at the kind of the squad and it's a real mix of ages. You've got players like like Debush and, and Gulacci, who are in their 30s. You've got Karl Marx, Kleinheisler, Nod, you're in kind of their late 20s, Gosdog. You've got Xolai, 25, Sobosai, 22. And like I said, the, the youngsters like Kerkes, Hegi, if you want to include him, Andros Temet, who are, are of the younger age. Like That's that's kind of the perfect recipe, I guess. If you want to kind of create a, a, a football team, you want to have that mix of ages you've got a little bit of experience you've got a little bit of youth uh, youth and arrogance arrogance of youth in there you've got the players who are at their peak in the late 20s like it's, it's for whatever reason it's kind of fit quite perfectly my fear is that you see a few of like Hungary's youth games recently and and results haven't been great and if Hungary go a couple of generations without producing national level players which who's to say that we will to be honest like you look at who's coming through and there's not that much that shouts at you like we obviously had vanter who who's, people are very excited about who, who's not had a great year at Lommel, um still contracted to go to city but and then obviously christian lister scored a hat trick the, the, the day before as well but yeah the the um kind of saying that these guys who coming through next need to to do it and we need to kind of keep getting three or four from each generation to to kind of create the cycle but that's a lot tougher than than creating a, a a golden generation and then building from there but I think actually this is this is the best way it's kind of done but and I think yeah just kind of keep doing what what they've been doing really like the academies are obviously getting better and players are coming through but yeah keep trying to poach players from abroad because it really works
0: that's a good shout absolutely good shout um and i'm sure that kev will now be going through ancestry.com looking for scottish hungarian players to see <laughs> to see who uh, who can come up and then he, he will have completed football and life no doubt kev um good shout with um, bringing up Listesh, obviously um, his his dad was an absolute legend of Hungarian football, and he scored uh, a couple of goals at the weekend to get Friday out the uh, out the mess that they were in. Um, what a moment for him! Um, it, surely a call up for him is not far off. Kev um, Charlie said um, Rossi's Hungarian strong squad is very strong. Um, big shout out to you Charlie anyway out there in your truck no doubt listening to this give us a beep beep um but is there anyone else who you think should be included now at the minute when we look at our squad I mean he trusted um Balin Vichai for the uh Bulgaria game in that midfield spot um we still have no Schaefer we have uh Styles out for a few months injured uh Gazdag didn't get off the bench um botcar didn't get off the bench. We've got some incredible talent that can can, can fit in there. Um, I think I know the answer, Kev, to who you want to see included. But let's just clarify that.
2: Well, there's only one man, Gabby. You know it. Adam Balighty. Get him on the plane. Sell him,
0: <laughs> Kev. Sell him. If you haven't heard of Adam Balighty, Kev, please let the listeners know about the man, the myth, the legend.
2: Adam Balighty is undoubtedly, Gabby, the greatest player that you've never seen in your life. He's unbelievable. He's about five foot eight. He's got a wee tubby belly. He wears his socks rolled down to his ankles with the tiniest shin pads you've ever seen. He will take 17 stepovers to beat a man when none would have done the job. (laughs) (laughs) And And then we'll miss an absolute sitter before scoring a wonder goal in the last minute. He's ah, he's a, he's an absolute genius, Gabby. And
0: um, what about his I mean. penalty taking, Kev? Tell us about his ah uh, his
2: penalty taking is immense. i um once you post the the podcast up, I'll link you to the video that um my mate, Sub Story, is his um Twitter handle has created on YouTube of Adam Vlight's penalties. It's just again, it's a joy to watch. I'm not going to ruin it for anyone. Just is, is that an joy to watch.
0: Is that kind of pornography allowed on YouTube? I'm not not sure if it is or not.
2: Uh we need to put some sort of filters on it first but it gets through. We'll we find a way. <laughs> it's, it's it's all marked as NSFW content anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so guys from you listesh into the next um Hungarian squad. What do we reckon? Yes or no from you Kev?
2: Not in the next squad, but he's definitely a player that's up and coming and he'll get in a squad sooner rather than later but i'm not i'm not too keen on putting too much pressure on a boy that's 17 years old just yet just just let him go and enjoy his football with friday and get but a few he, more games under his belt there but he'll make he, it to the to that squad at some that, point for sure
0: the fact that who his dad is the fact that he scored two goals for friday on saturday do you not think that's enough pressure as it is
2: well i think it is Aye, I mean, I think that is pressure enough. So for me personally, I would just say well, let's just let's just watch him and enjoy him because I think he is going to be a really good player. But you're probably right though because he's got that heritage behind him that he'll be fast tracked into the team at some point.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see the Friday influence on on on. Obviously, we know how great it is on on. Hungarian football, wonder whether that will start leaking into the national team and mm. we don't we don't start seeing him because we all know how it works behind the scenes we you know you don't have to be uh um, really intelligent to work that out so i I genuinely wouldn't be surprised at all that if he's in the, if he's in the next squad um
1: it's interesting top- I, sorry just to go to, to stay on this a second well wow. you look at how many players in uh, and how many sports people these days have got like um like fathers who were good at what they did like you look at Haaland like Verstappen um like Soboslai Soboslai's dad was obviously a pro as well like uh, Daniel Shaloyi like i think i think it helps like enormously to to ground a footballer to have someone to have a father who's been there before and done it like as long as the father is like of a good temperament like you're not having like Cristiano Ronaldo as your father because that would be horrendous like to 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 have someone like him like like i can imagine he'd just put himself His ronaldo wouldn't even put his son first he'd he'd always put himself first uh, whereas yeah i think it's it's such a great thing to have like just that counsel to be to tell you how it's done to tell you how to stay grounded, and hopefully, like Lishdesh will do that exactly th- that that thing to his son. And like I say, like I'm thinking, like Harland and Verstappen, like of a similar generation and generational talents, having their fathers be so influential on on their upbringing it must be so beneficial, which the layman just doesn't does doesn't have.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because everyone would be quick to point out that the only reason he's playing for Friday is because of his dad that would be such an easy observation to make but yet he's managed to 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 get on the pitch and prove that he's worthy of being there which is you know absolutely brilliant testament to him and then obviously in the news at the moment with with uh Roland Shalai is is the his dad locked in this bit of dispute with, with yeah the club manager as to where he's actually going to be this season and and why he's not playing and and blah 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 it's kind of like if you're shall I uh, how are you feeling at the time it might be true he might be well on his way to to Milan or, or whatever it is but you don't need your dad doing that do you because let's say football's such a funny little shop and once like you could be brilliant but if clubs know that they've got to deal with your dad to get you and that's the way he is they're not going to bother
1: yeah yeah um I remember when United were looking to sign Adrian Rabiot in the summer and one of the biggest like fears for them was his mum because his mum's his agent and apparently she's an absolute nightmare and during like when France were at the World Cup the no the Euros like, Rabiot's mum was, like, telling Mbappe, like, how shit his son, her son was and stuff. Like, you don't want to be dealing with this kind of character. And like you say, like, having, yeah, Roland Shalai's dad to contend with as a, another person to, rather than just the player itself. Like, he's, yeah, he's definitely going to put teams off.
0: It, it's funny because I, I heard uh, Danny, do you remember Daniel Nardiello. Man, Man United youngster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, put us he, feel for a bit. Yeah, I, he was talking about obviously playing for United as a as a kid, and Ferguson loved the fact that his dad represented him as as uh, uh, for contracts and everything like that because he absolutely hated dealing with agents. But then he kind of went into the the whole thing like of how um, Sir Alex. Had, had kind of control over everything he, he he went to him as a 19 year old and was kind of told like you, you know here's another contract this is your second contract you're signing now it's for three years it's on good money and his dad had advised him like you know be sensible with, with, with your money now son you're earning good money you need to buy a house you know and blah 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 and he had to go and ask Alex Ferguson if he was allowed to buy a house. And Ferguson wouldn't let wow. him until he went and did three months of cooking lessons so that he wasn't <laughs> living in his house on his own, with eating ready meals and stuff like that. And he made him work at the, is it Carrington, the training ground? at? yeah. 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 He made yeah, him work yeah. at Carrington for three months with the chef there, learning how to cook before Ferguson would let him buy a house. Wow. <laughs> that is mad. <nice. laughs> isn't it? absolutely insane but I wonder how
1: many games Daniel Nardiello played for the first team as well like having that much control and like in that eye for detail over just a youth prospect
0: yeah exactly exactly and you know it's the whole thing if you've got the guidance there albeit from you, you know his dad was clearly had his head screwed on telling him to get him a house and and you know and Ferguson's like yeah you can have the house but you need to be able to cook and look after yourself. You know, it's <laughs> like Fergie's going to come around and show him how to use the washing machine, you know. Got, <laughs> and, and you know, like I say, we've got Shalai who whose dad's going to going to mess his career up if, if he's not careful. You know, it's just yeah. quite, quite insane. He played um, four games for United.
1: Did he? And never in the Premier League. Three League Cup appearances, one Champions League appearance.
0: But man, could he cook cheese on toast. <laughs> Happy, me,
1: had a, add yeah. a little bit of
0: Worcestershire sauce to that as oh, well, It was the Welsh rarebit, mate. It wasn't just cheese on toast. It was the full Welsh rarebit. Oh, um, Google that, Hungarians, please. Yeah, make sure you spell it properly as well, otherwise you're going to end up on some dodgy websites. <laughs> um, so, going back to the squad and Charlie's question about who should be in there. We're kind of. What do you think? Is it kind of like shop closed at the minute, guys? We can't even. How do we fit Gazdag back in the team? How, you know, how do we fit Schaefer back in the team? These are players that really, really have to as well. But is it kind of, yeah, I'm I'm thinking put the sign up, shop closed. What do you think, Tom?
1: I think Schaefer has to come in personally. Depends how good he is when he comes back. But like Schaefer is whew, Schaefer's really, really fucking good. I mean, it, it kind of just shows like Union Berlin being... What third in the league in in the Bundesliga of the yeah. season, and they're still they're still in with a chance of winning the title, like obviously a very outside chance. And obviously Schaefer hasn't played for what two or three months now, and Lyduni Lyduni has kind of replaced him, um quite funnily after his uh awesome exploits at the World Cup. Uh, but Schaefer is yeah, like you just think how good he was in the Euros. I he's immense. Goldsdog as well, like Goldsdog was. In the running, well, in most people's running to be the MVP last season. I don't think he actually got nominated uh, in the end, despite his his heroic season with the Union last year. They won the MLS Cup as well, didn't they?
0: Mm, Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, God, Um, there's so much happened since that. Well, like before the World, like I can't remember anything from before before the World Cup essentially. Um, But yeah, like those two, I know like. Goldsdog didn't, didn't come on, but it it does show our strength in depth and like you say, like kind of Styles being out injured, another great player, great player to come back in, um, and who hopefully will be better than we've seen him for Hungary. He's been he's been fine. Um, but having a, a season under his belt at Millwall and hopefully oh well, I mean, he's still like twenty two, twenty three, isn't he? So there's plenty more to come from him. Like it's so it's it's difficult to to say it's a close shot, but there is so much talent that we have right now. Um and depth, which like obviously he takes our boss like, out of the team and Hungary are completely different, like he, especially like his performance against Bulgaria, everything went through him, almost everything good pretty much went through him. Like, but that's that's just great tactics, really. Like you want your best players to get as many touches of the ball as possible. Um it's just yeah, when you take him out, it's going to be a little bit different. But the rest of the squad, like, it's, there's not going to be that many players you take out and go, oh, we're going to be worse with him. Obviously, Vili Orban, Attila Zolay, but apart from those, probably not. Like once upon a time, Adam Nodge was indispensable, but not anymore. Uh, Adam Nodge is still great, but he's still he's not indispensable. And I think that's it. Soboslay, Vor- Orban, and 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 Zolay. I don't think anyone else is indispensable, and and then yeah, and every and everyone else coming in will definitely do a job. To players who uh, are even out of the squad, I guess.
0: Yeah, Kleinheisler is another one we yeah we saw briefly as well. We know that his qualities, uh, you know, we once we looked at him for his for his skill and things like that, and now he's he's that man who comes in and just ruffles feathers, isn't he? He's kind of adapted. The way he plays for Hungary to play like I say in, in that in that Rossi role and and we're so much better for it. It's just quite honestly it, it, when I look think of all the shit that we've had for <laughs> years and years to look at our squad now is just just baffling to me. It's it's literally mind blowing. When have we had it this good?
2: We just we I mean, just, it's, it's this good that Adam Balyte doesn't even get a look in.
0: Not until everyone's seen his um, penalties. Not until
2: everyone's seen his penalty video. Exactly. That's right.
0: there, there will be placards yeah. all the way up and on uh, on um, Monday morning. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Kev, as we move forward now, we've got two qualifiers in June: um, away to Montenegro, home to Lithuania. Um, if, if everything goes to form should be pretty easy for us um then in september and october are the two big ones away to serbia and home to serbia do you think win one of those and we're probably through
2: i think so yeah i'm going to jump back to your previous question first of the previous point and go that you can also add in people like Peter Bora and Aaron Chongvai as well as guys that aren't getting a look in at the moment, but I've got that potential, I think, to step up into the national team. So, again, it's that kind of strength and depth that's there. Some good young players. And then, actually, I think in the end of 21s and whatnot, again, there's some decent talent there that could step up in the next few years. Guys like Gabor Jurek at DVTK, you'd mentioned Vancha before, big expectations on him, but even matias kovac mtk there's another one there Like, there's another not so much a golden generation as yet but there's another undercurrent of a generation coming through as well so there's like, again that kind of bright future that you would think for the team
0: it's interesting to go... mention them kev sorry to bite him but it's interesting mm-hmm. you mentioned them they're all they're all good shouts 100 um they really need to be on their game now as well. Because, like, everyone knows, Rossi's not scared to call anyone up. If you're a form player, you're going to get a shout. And regardless of division, um, age, whatever it be, Rossi's Rossi's on it. So that's going to make them a better player, surely, like, just with that knowledge. Because... Uh, the under-21s, uh, what what we're doing is absolutely terrible. Their results are absolutely atrocious. Like They're, they're just getting nothing out of them at all as a team. Um, the under-17s kick off in, in Hungary very shortly. We've got quite a competitive group there. So it would be interesting to see what what those lads um, come up with. But yeah, on that point, I just think that they've got to be on their game now. And I think that's going to be the key to to them making better players.
2: Mhm. Definitely. Um cuz they, they've seen it, I think they've seen there's now a pathway to get into the first team at the national level that Rossi's given. Um and it also probably goes back to something else that Tom said earlier uh, about the Hungarian players of years gone by and kind they've of been in the shell quite a lot. I think there's this younger generation that's coming through again is is not so in their shell, they're coming out of themselves a bit more. Um, I'll name drop a wee bit and say that when I when I spoke with Tam Courts when he was out here managing at Honved, that was one of the things that he'd said about the, the young boys in the dressing room, that uh, when he first stepped in, they were all really quite quiet and reserved because that's just how a Hungarian dressing room is and you've kind of got to earn your respect or earn your place in there. But by the time he was... Unfortunately, on his way out, Tom, he was saying again, the young boys were stepping up and they were becoming a bit ballsy, becoming, some of them, a couple of, I think his expression was they were being dickheads in the dressing room, but they had to be because that was the way that um, they were going to get on at the club and then um, trusting in their own ability a bit more. So I, think, I definitely think we're seeing that, but quite a few of the young players that are coming through, they actually do believe in their own ability now and I think if they see there's a way they can get in the national team, that's got to help. Can I push you on a bit?
0: And that reinforces Tom's point about you know us having foreign players and stuff. As much as that, us having foreign coaches at our f- football league level um, also brings in these new ideas. And like you say, Tam changed the dressing room there. Um, unfortunately, wasn't given the time to fully... Change everything, but even in that short period, has changed it. In you know, from quiet to to dickheads, as he, as he puts it. You know, it's yeah. really, really impressive that you know that that is probably the where we need to be looking at to develop these players at that that level. You know, at the grassroots level as well, because yeah. you know. Gara, love him, absolute legend. But as a coach for the for the under twenty ones, with with like quite a wealth of talent there, is doing absolutely nothing to them. And it's, you know, if you, if you're pulling on that Hungarian jersey at whatever level, when you're just getting battered every single time you pull it on, that's got to be soul destroying.
2: Yeah, it must be, because especially when you're playing for your national team, right? the last thing you want to do is let anyone down. Um, and again, I'm going to jump back onto something that Tom said earlier, because Tom, for some reason, you're making loads of good points tonight. Um, I don't think
1: you're listening, get, mate. I don't think
2: you're listening. I, <laughs> I must have something wrong with my, with my ears. That's what it is, a bit of wax in there or something. But,
0: <laughs> bit of haggis.
2: bit of haggis, aye. A langosh, that's what's in there. Yeah. Um, but no, it was the point <laughs> you were making about all the, uh, all the foreign players that have come in to play for the national team. I think if you look at guys, that, the ones that you mentioned through your likes of Nagle and Stiles and Orban, they were never going to get a game at international level for the country of their birth. So for them, this is their one and only chance to play international football. And it's something that they probably didn't expect to get. So it means a lot more to them in a different sense. And I think, I think you see that in some of their performances. They're committed in a slightly different way. But it's it's a genuine one hundred percent commitment to maybe not necessarily the badge that they're wearing in the same way, but it's a commitment to getting the result because, uh, as I say, it's it was something they never expected to get in their careers. Now they've got it, and they want to make the most of it.
0: Yeah, th- and and you know we see that, that we see the way that they belt out the national anthem, and you know they might not be able to converse fully in Hungarian, but. Boy, can they sing an anthem and, you know, they, they get it and, and you know, Orban, Nego, pulling on those shirts, they're as Hungarian as someone that's born in the centre of Budapest, do you know what I mean? It, it yeah. They just get it, it, it fits and you, you just can't help but fall in love with with the, the nation and the football and, and everything that surrounds it. Um, Tom, you mentioned Schaefer earlier. I just wonder have you managed to find that episode yet, where I said that he shouldn't be playing international and deleted it. Just, just lost. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny,
1: wasn't it? Because he had a couple of games where he just looked so far out of the depth. And yeah, that's ah. um, that. Uh, you were having a go at that Milan scout earlier. I,
0: I was. Yeah. I, yeah. He, he
2: was yeah. it you. Were you the Milan scout? Are you the um, one that turned in Kirkis?
0: Un- <laughs> unconfirmed, unconfirmed. To be fair, at the time, he was Serbian and not Hungarian. So, you know, there, there is a method to the madness. <laughs> 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 Guys, let's wrap this up with any other business. So, Tom, anything that you want to uh, rant about or tell us about or whatever it might be with Hungarian football related, here's your stage, brother. Oh, wow. put me on the spot. Um...
1: Uh, yeah, I, I guess, like, to me, it's it's like just giving a shout out, shout out, like he's going to be listening, going to be really happy about being shouted out. But Marco Rossi, like, I, I remember being at the first game, I don't really know why I went to this, but it, the first game of his tenure was away in Finland in the Nations League in Tampere. And I don't think Hungary sold out the away end that day. It was a drab 1 0 or 2 0 loss. Hungary was terrible. And you're thinking, looking at him like in the press conference afterwards, being like, and there's like five people in the room, kind of just looking at Rossi and he's kind of going through, oh, it's going to take a bit of time. And there were a lot of doubters at that point about him. Um, I don't think doubters on this show. I think from the get go, we've been very excited about. Rossi, we've we know how much he's built bought into the culture, not just with Honvid, but with Dots as well. Like he's a he's a, a, a he's a foreign coach, but he he has I was gonna say Hungarian blood, but he has some kind of Hungarianism part of him, a hundred percent. Um maybe it isn't blood, but there's something else in there that's it's wormed his way into his personality. Um and yeah, from from that moment, it's been slowly, slowly getting better and better. And I think that Bulgaria game showed a different side of Rossi to me. Like we've seen how good Hungary can be against the best teams in Europe, like, which is about as hard as it gets to, to perform against the likes of Germany, the likes of England, the likes of France at the at the Euros, the likes of Portugal. Um, and to get results pretty much in all of those against all of those teams, the only team we didn't manage to get any, any points against were were Italy. Uh, we obviously lost a couple, by a couple of goals to Portugal as well, but um, we were competitive in in all of those games. But to do it in the way that we did it against Bulgaria the night was something that we struggled with under Rossi. Like then there's been a lot of criticism about him that we yeah we 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 can play this counter attacking. Uh, system defensive system where we're great in transition but when we have to take the game to others we don't the attacking patterns aren't there like we look stodgy we look rigid we don't look fluid whereas we look so fluid and i I tweeted this i don't i'm not on twitter much anymore like but i tweeted this at the time like i've never seen hungary play with as much fluidity and as much excitement as they did in that first half against bulgaria and that just showed, like I say, showed a different side to Rossi, to me, like, because we've seen his defensive ability. We saw that at Hornvade. Like, that's how we won a, a, a league title there. But to, to be able to implement this attacking style as well, to so means that we can beat the teams that we should be beating and also with style. And then we can also play against the teams, the bigger teams. It means that. It means that this team could go really, really far. Like I'm not saying that we're going to win the next Euros, uh, which I'm sure like Tommy Balor, who used to, he used to always tweet us, like was expecting us to. Um, but I'm saying that we can be, we can be very, very competitive with the best teams in the world, and we can also get to these tournaments because we, because we, if if we play like we did against Bulgaria we're going to make it to the world cup because we we can compete on both levels. And we have the squad to do that. We have the manager to do that. And yeah, it's, it's, it's been a phenomenal turnaround from, from Marco Rossi, like from where Hungary were before his tenure, like, like, like after the first game, it was no, it's not like we were like, Oh God, oh Rossi absolute shy should be sacked after the Finland game. We all said he's going to be shit like where Hungary was starting from to now. It's just remarkable like what a man and and like we spoke about earlier is that um yeah where did Hungary go from this you look and I kind of think I am a little bit scared after his tenure who can take over and do as good a job because there's no one who just fits the Hungary side as well as him like there's no Hungarian coach that you would want to do this job and as we've seen before, for- foreign coaches who don't get Hungarian culture and the Hungarian identity don't work out. But Rossi, Rossi's just uh, a unicorn.
0: Very, very, very well put, Tom. That is, yeah, absolutely outstanding. And it, it is Rossi. I, I, honestly, the, the way I feel towards this guy is, is just, yeah, there's, it's almost godly-like. Do you know what I mean? As weird as that mm. sounds. But yeah, he, it's just... Just how he feels, like everything you said there just rings so true. It's, it's, it's amazing. There can't be anyone in international football management that has done the turnaround that he has to where we are today, being a relatively unknown. You wouldn't know who he was you genuinely wouldn't know who he was the, uh, at the time you know nb1 wasn't getting the particularly great coverage and that you just you just wouldn't know who he was and now uh, you know everyone knows who hungry are now and, and who marco rossi is and yeah long may it continue um kev you've um, you, you've already used your Alan Belighti, adam belaiti card a, a few times mm-hmm. this evening so you can't wrap up with him but take the stage Mm-hmm. See, there, there is, nothing. It's al- there is nothing. Or nothing. There is nothing. There is nothing. A... The silence. I'm just a... just,
2: yeah. I, I'm completely lost for words because I'm still a wee bit emotional after listening to Tom's battle try there. He's got <laughs> <it was> a, <laughs> I that think that was, was more of a love letter. I'm, I was thinking oh, a love letter. I'm a love letter, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it's beautiful, mate. Honestly. <laughs> it all um,
0: makes me want to eat Langosh. Almost.
2: Wow. See, that's that's high high praise indeed.
0: High calorie, oh, high calories, high. not not high yeah. praise. Not high Jeez.
2: praise, high calorie. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like i I'm, There isn't anything else I can add to that because Tom pretty much did say it all. All I'm, all I'll add to it is um, to answer the question that I actually managed to dodge earlier on. Is it yeah? Next couple of games. Montenegro, Lithuania, expecting six points from them. Double header against Serbia. If we win one of those games, we're finishing in the top two. And that's I think that's a stick on. And I think we can definitely do it. I think from the, those next four games, we can be targeting nine points as a minimum. Um, Rossi's got this team doing something that, yeah, you just didn't think it was possible. Um, if you remember being in the the press conference at his first game, I remember being in the press conference at one of George Lincoln's first games. It must have been against wow. Australia, and the the disdain that he had for everything Hungarian <laughs> was unreal. You could just tell he was a man that didn't want to be there. He was sitting in the press press box, and he just he just didn't want to be there. He was so rude with the way that he dismissed every single question that came to him. Um, pretty much how dare a Hungarian journalist question his tactics in a game. Um, you could just tell that it was, it was never going to work out. And Rossi's come in and he's been that breath of fresh air. He's got the perfect mix of being a foreigner, where he can kind of separate himself away from things at times. But he gets what it means to be a Hungarian. He gets what it means to get inside the psyche of a Hungarian footballer. Um yeah, I'll kinda I'll go back a little bit on what I said before that I do have a worry if he was to leave uh in before twenty twenty six or even after that. But right now I think he's in a place where he's really happy and he's gonna stay here for for long enough, long enough to take us to a World Cup final, and as I said, for Gabby to get the big tattoo of him on money's forehead or wherever he wants to get it in a private place so you can just stay at it all day long.
0: You know what, guys? I'll say this now on the record: if he leads a team out at the World Cup, I'll get a tattoo of Marco Rossi. You know, mate, that picture I keep tweeting with, with him with his hand up with easy. I'll get that tattooed. Get
2: that over over
0: your heart, something like that. Just... Over over, yeah, some, some somewhere near there, yeah, definitely. That's the <laughs> a done deal. It's a done deal, guys. I mean, I don't don't want to put pressure on the the Hungarian national team to want to have to sort of aesthetically ruin this this figure of fine masculinity okay. by having his face on it. But, you, you know,
2: I'm, I'm happy to do it. It only enhance it. It's the only thing that could enhance it, Gabby. That is
0: true. That, yeah. Or a uh, uh, Alan bolaiti penalty like skied over the bar, something like that.
2: That's <laughs> never happened. I'm, never expecting, happened.
0: I'm expecting i'm after this podcast goes live for the amount of google searches on adam belighty to sort of go to <laughs> a peak I genuinely am um, Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. The time has flown by. We said we'd talk for an hour and we're still talking and we genuinely could be talking on and on and on as well. Um, It is excellent to be back. Thank you all so much for the support that we've had. Um, Shout out to Gail, who has stepped down as the editor of HungarianFootball.com, done a great job over these years keeping the site going, keeping the the Hungarian football name, league level, et cetera, going and going and going. Um Kev, pick it up and run with it. it you know, I'm sure you're going to do an absolutely fantastic job there. And um, we're happy to um be collaborating with you through the Hungarian football podcast as well. Um, nice, don't forget on socials, um, Twitter at Majar Fossi Live. Um, if you can't get to the game can't get to the radio you're stuck anywhere um always keep an eye on the twitter for the, the hungarian national teams games uh kev tom myself occasionally will be um live tweeting that um stick with us guys plenty more to come i am sure and uh for now it's a see a stock and we'll see you next time
2: Stay safe and uh, keep listening to the podcast.